Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. We did not want people to watch the show and then say, oh, well, you know, it was COVID. Give them a pass. It was COVID. Like, like that, that's what could not happen. People had to watch the show and still feel like it was the show. And if and if that was not possible to pull off, then, then we should wait. And that was the discussion that we had with Amazon before we all started up. Uh, and they, they felt the same way. Like we, we hadn't come this far to then do a show where everyone's locked in an elevator for eight episodes. It's been more than two years since we last got a new episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. For creator Amy Sherman Palladino, that meant making sure season four was worth the wait, even with all the COVID contingencies that made it a challenge to produce. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to Maisel executive producers and married couple Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino about what to expect as Midge and Company finally return to our TV screens. But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable dissects this year's Oscar nominations, including, of course, the snubs and surprises. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays, everyone. What? <laughs> Awards holidays, that is. So uh, the, the Academy came uh, with, with gifts for some and coal and stocking for others. It is the nominations edition of the Award Circuit Podcast Roundtable. I'm your pal, Michael Schneider, along with Clayton Davis, who's even more of your pal. No, nothing happened this week. Nothing. <laughs> Jill O'Reilly. Uh, you really scared me when you said, ho, ho, ho. I was like, listen, <laughs> diehard season is over. I'm pretty sure it's not Christmas time still. It's raining awards and jazz tank, eh? It was Christmas for some people, though. Christmas for some, not for others. But that's what makes it fun, right? It was not fun. I, I'm sorry. I know this is a broken record, and I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir, but there is no reason to have these nominations at five in the morning. No reason. And like my, I feel like my whole week is ruined. <laughs> um, Clayton was up at what time were you? Clayton, did you actually sleep? That is my question to I, you. I laid down for 45 minutes and the car picked me because I did the ABC pre-nom special and my call time was 2.15. A.M. A.M. And this is my first year West Coast covering Oscars. So this was culture shock of, of epic proportions, especially when the, I was done filming 
and I left the studio and it was still dark out. And it's brutal. It has it has no business being at 5 a.m. It's no just business. As, Someone is going to get hurt someday. It's just, it's just as honorable at 9. Well, and also they say it's for the morning shows, or that's what they used to say. I'm not even sure if they use that excuse anymore. Actually, I don't, like, th- I don't think it's an Academy thing. I think it's an ABC thing. That's just my um, that's my educated guess. I think it's a, well. Yeah. Then ABC ABC should do a primetime special, sell advertising yeah. for a half hour, make it a big event. You know, have have stars come out and announce the nominations. Have it be a whole thing, and that way people can give you know rested reactions. That you know we're not phoning them at five o'clock in the morning, and also they can all do the morning shows the next day. Exactly. Our guests this week, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Academy Award nominees now again, because they're Academy Award winners from before. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, our guests this week, also M Pro, moving it later in the day. My, no, no one wants who five a.m. Sit. That's my agenda for the rest of the season. I'm asking every guest. What time do you want Oscar nominations? And then they're going to tell me later, and then they're going to have to do it. Listen, next year I'm gonna I'm gonna do an Oscar nominations from the UK. It is at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I sit down, grab my lunch, what watch that the must Oscar feel nominations. Like. What that oh must my feel like. God, I'm sure it feels exuberant. well. You I'm know, Clayton, that. you lived on the East Coast for years. So. Listen, eight thirty was still kind of early. Like it still would like be a thing. But I'm sure that's what everyone's tuning in for right now to hear about complaining about well, first world well, problems like real quick, Oscar nomination time. <laughs> Let's let's think about our, our our movie fans in Hawaii where it's three thirty in the morning <laughs> when oh, these nominations yeah. come out. But they're so, in Hawaii. Nobody feels bad that for them. That is the trade off. That is the trade off. <laughs> but nonetheless, Clayton, we saw you on our TV talking uh, talking noms. That was fun. But uh, nonetheless, um, you know, a lot of snubs, a lot of surprises uh, that uh, Janelle wrote about in Twenty one, in fact, we counted. <laughs> Um, but uh, what is Clayton? What, what's your top line? And then we'll kind of uh, go around and, and see what everyone's biggest sort of like takeaway from the announcements were. And before you say it, Clayton, you do not get credit for Lady Gaga. Of course I do. Stop that right now. A hundred percent, I do. I you have do never, not. You put her in the final five. I, I but I but putting her at number five got me flack. Like people were like, someone that has every televised ceremony nomination is number five. And I'm so mad that I didn't just go, like, again, just like last year, trust your gut. Like, just, you know, what? if you if you get it wrong, Clayton, you just get it wrong. But I know Gaga is like the shocker, but it wasn't really like because maybe because I saw it coming as a possibility. The shocker of the day was Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, 100%. I agree. But that was that's Ben Affleck Argo. Epic proportions. Snubbery. Did anybody have him not have him on that list? I don't think. Anybody. I, don't think I, 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 I could, you could not convince me to put him lower than number three. Same. I had to kind of be convinced to put him on originally because I just wasn't seeing it and I was worried about a snub. But at the end of the day, it was like, no, he's got everything. The movie's a hit. Like, the he did sixth, a great job. The sixth movie to get every tech nomination available, the first one to not be nominated for Best Director. So how does that happen? How, how does that happen? It, it's it's a branch thing, so we like listen. Like you're you're competing for your movie in, in pockets of the academy, and the directors. Listen, we, we let's be proud of them for choosing Hamaguchi. Like that was, I'm very proud of them for that. I just if Hamaguchi was my alternate, and if I thought anyone was missing, I thought it would be Spielberg or Anderson. 
you know, and liquor and licorice pizza like just had like once you look at all the nominations together as a whole, they don't make sense based on like how like being the Ricardos, three acting nominations. <laughs> And not Best Picture or Screenplay. Like, that doesn't make sense. Dune doesn't make sense without Best Director. Uh, Power the Dog, 12, like, overperforming, like, to epic proportions. Like, there's just a, there was just a lot of stuff that, that went down that, it, I mean, but it's, it's, it's the, the evidence of a changing academy, still. Do you know what was the first sign of chaos? And it depends if you want to use the word chaos or not. The day before the nominations, the Academy posted something and they used Comic Sans font. No. And somebody was like, there is go. This is a sign of chaos. And I was like, and I was thinking about it. And then I was thinking about the Gaga. I was like, oh, she might not make it. And then somebody said, you're, you're crazy, Jazz. She's got everything. I was like, no, I feel it. Come nomination morning, Jesse Buckley's the first name. I was Yay. like, Girl, I was happy, but it was like, girl, you better drink that coffee. That that's when I knew they chose violence because <laughs> because first of all, this is behind the scenes story, but it's I think it's hilarious. So we did our pre nom thing, like talking about what we thought was coming up, and then it would cut to nominations. Now we're still on camera, not to the audience, to my to the ABC producer. After everything was over, she's like, Clayton, I'll have an entire series of watching you make faces while watching nominations. Because they started with Jesse Buckley. And when I say I yawped, because I knew it was alphabetical order, mm-hmm. and I knew they skipped Katrina Balfe. So I yawped at Buckley, and then I double yawped again when they said Judy Dench. <laughs> See, I had Balfe missing, so I wasn't... I mean... Yeah, I think, a, there, I think there was trouble with people seeing her as a lead, and she probably split a vote there. It, w- it was definitely lead uh, supporting uh, splits. Yeah, and, and Clayton, explain to me how that works in terms of when you know there, there is that confusion over if is someone lead or is are they supporting, and does that cause a split in that confusion cause a split in vote, and and how does that work? Yeah, so. It's it's a little bit of a math thing, and I know Janelle loves math. Who? Who? Sorry, I was oh, we're, we're all journalists, so yeah. we, we are not we are not math people. Um, so the studio campaigns for you in a particular category. However, at SAG, they honor that submission, so they can't vote for you in the opposite category. Uh, at the Oscars, they can vote where they like. Now we've seen. People make the switcheroos. Kate Winslet was a famous one from supporting to lead and still won for the reader. Um, Lakeith Stanfield happened last year. But there's a rule that, like, kicks in there. You can't be nominated for the same performance twice in, like, both categories. So if you show up in both, whatever has more votes is what you get nominated and the other one moves. But if you're campaigning in the same category... Like Kate Blanchett, don't look up in Nightmare Alley. If both of them made it in, she doesn't get nominated for both. She only gets nominated for what uh, has more votes, and the other one gets kicked out. Which I kind of hate that rule because that that's a Leonardo DiCaprio Blood Diamond Departed rule, and I think he should have been there for both because I know he made the five for both. Yeah, I never realized that. That's kind of not fair. Those are two different because they allow it for director. That's why it's stupid. <laughs> like you let other yeah. categories, just not this one. So when it comes to that, the vote split. Like, 
I think they just assumed that she was lead. And also, a lot of people pointed, I think that happened to Jamie Dornan too. I think you saw the parents as leads. And I, I think that that scythe, I don't think it was enough that like he was really in the game, but I think that pulled enough away that he wasn't really in the race anymore. But Kieran Hines made it. Yay, so, Kieran so Judy. That's, that's pretty wonderful, honestly. Yeah. I am happy for Judy Dunch, though. I mean, if you didn't have that last scene. Yeah. She closes out the movie like beautifully. Like it's, so it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good pick. Um, I will say like nightmare alley, st- even though I predicted it, nightmare alley making it still surprise me, especially without Blanchett. Yeah. Or without a screenplay nomination or director or nothing. It's yeah. just, it's just picture. And then, uh, three other texts. So then that's like, okay. Um, King Richard overperformed. Yay! Yes, Pam Martin did six. Thank God, Pam Martin. It my God! But at the same time, when I saw that movie, like back in July or whatever, I yeah. thought that could have swept a lot of categories. I thought it could have gotten in on director. Listen, I, 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 yeah. I think it's I think it's back to number three. I think that is a come up the middle. Like I think Coda is not number three anymore. I think it's King Richard. <laughs> no, because no, because we Will have a Smith, different we have well, we have a different top Smith, two. That's I just, why I just think Will Smith is definitely winning, and I think that just like ends, I don't uh, know. I gotta tell you, I mean, yeah, I I I, th- I think Will Smith is the front runner, but looking at Andrew Garfield and then Benedict Cumberbatch, who's you know in the movie with the most nominations and sort of the front runner to win at this point, I really think it's going to come down to who campaigns the best. I really do. I think it's going to be a massive, massive factor in deciding between those three. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, real quick, we're going to see a lot of Will Smith on Sunday during the Super Bowl because of yep. Bel Air. So yeah. a, a lot of Will Smith coming uh, in our faces in the next couple of weeks. Um, but is just, he out pressing the flesh? Is, is he doing screenings? Is he talking to Academy members? Like there's, you know, promotion like going on talk yeah. shows and then there's the Eddie Rain, Redmayne, Rami Malek thing where they were in every room every yeah. night. I... I I think, I think whoever wins SAG is winning. Not like I think if he wins SAG, it's over. Because because I, I still think he'll lose BAFTA to Benedict, and I still think he'll win um, Oscar. But actually, we didn't touch on something very important: um, <clears throat> Best Actress, just in general. Because <laughs> who's gonna win what where? So no, we deserve this. We totally deserve this. <laughs> we totally deserve this because I said. Literally the day before, jokingly, about Gaga. But when I said it, I really thought Alana was maybe going to sneak in. I thought Alana could have done it. But I was like, Gaga's going to miss. Alana Hayam's not going to get nominated. And BAFTA's going to mean nothing. And that's exactly now where we are. So I think as long as Nicole Kidman doesn't win SAG, this remains wide open. And then I think it's anyone's game. I am leaning towards the Olivia Coleman camp, but uh, I have to say, I, I, I mean, I, I was obviously shook by the omission of Kristen Stewart at SAG. Yeah. You know, uh, made me rethink some things, but I, I think you are right. I think that it, it is technically anyone's game, but oh my gosh. Do you know who I'm leaning towards now, though? Who? who? Chastain. Chastain, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can see a world where she wins, and I feel... Also, with that makeup nomination, I don't know. Yeah, the makeup any- the makeup nomination helps a lot because that category helping. has actually weirdly gone together. Right in history, Meryl Streep did it with Iron Lady. Uh, Renee Zellweger uh, makeup was nominated with Judy. 
it actually happens. McConaughey on the male side. Yeah, McConaughey. And and then uh, Joaquin with Joker, I think. Did Joker get nominated? Also, to the point I just made, Chastain is wonderful on the circuit. And she's been warping. She's due. Yeah. She is. She is. There's two two non-winners there. Kristen's new. You could, Jessica's mad respected. I think she might. I think if she wins SAG, I think I'll be like, yeah, I'm convinced. I think she'll. It's funny. If if Coleman wins SAG, I think it's wide open. If Chastain wins SAG, then we go, oh, I think Chastain just yeah. won. Which is interesting because a week ago you had Chastain missing entirely. And and because I couldn't, I like, because when, when I was theorizing the Gaga stuff that you dismissed time and time again, I, I didn't want to, because I felt so strongly about it, and because I was the only one doing it, <laughs> then I was like, I, I feel like I can't be there to hold the bag of crap <laughs> if she does make it. So I I feel like, you know, I was like, you know, it's close. And at that point, I thought Gucci was going to do slightly better than what it did. It only did one. So then I was like, yeah, I got to kind of justify. I dropped Leto, which I felt good about. But and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go. And that's what it was. But LB Cruz, though. I was going to say, I feel Chastain's getting a surge. Like, she's st- people are starting to talk about the film again. She's out. She's going to be out doing things too, which might just tip her to that win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could absolutely see it happening. Okay, back to Penelope Cruz. But yeah, no, just congratulations, Penelope Cruz. Turn that on. Like, that was also like a lot of things, a lot of people didn't like feel that because there was no precursor that led anyone to believe that. But that, that movie coming up in conversations, it, it did well. Um, Troy Kotzer, congratulations. Because you're the best. And look, the, I am obviously extremely disappointed by Bradley Cooper being omitted, but at least this means I can concentrate my full attention on Troy Kotzer now. <laughs> and Bradley still got a nomination in Best Picture. So he's now up to nine <laughs> career nominations. And Paul Thomas Anderson is up to 11. And has a really good shot of winning it this year, I think. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations to Jesse Plemons, you Breaking Bad breakout. <laughs> So glad. Uh, so the, glad. The couple, the the, you yeah. know, the couple goals, him him in Chris uh, uh, Dunst. Yeah, oh my God. And Penelope and Javier. Yeah, yeah first time yep. the two couples have made it the same year. But no, be, but no Beyonce and Will. And Beyonce what? and Will. Ooh, Beyonce oh, and Will. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, not mean that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm so happy for Jesse and Jesse Plemons, not Jesse Buckley. I am happy for Jesse Buckley, though, because that is... We're happy for all the stars of Unthinking of Ending Things. All the Jessies. How, how, oh. <laughs> how, how happy are you for um, Anjanu Ellis, though? I'll let you get... Uh, I never out. doubted it for a second. You didn't doubt it after SAG? Cause I, no, I, no, we came, we came on this very podcast. Yeah. Do you actually listen to this podcast? I, because- sometimes. <laughs> Because I kept saying Anjanu is still getting in, and right now I think she wins. You think she wins? I do. That's hard. Over Ariana? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Ariana's sweeping it. I think she. I think I feel the best about her of all the acting winners. I feel the best that I think she's going to do it. And she's and she's the representation for West Side Story because I don't think that movie's winning anywhere else. Anjanu could, but I just think. Ariana just kind of thinks she's going to do it. Can we, since you mentioned Jay-Z, can we talk about Diane Warren getting in for song? I mean. Lucky number 13. (laughs) You know know what they say, 
Third time's the charm, right? <laughs> I was not sure who to take out, and I was like, I think I'm going to take out Jay-Z. I thought about taking out Beyonce. I think you and I discussed it a couple of weeks ago, and at one point I did, and I was like, no, I think she's going to get in. And yeah. then I was like, Diane Warren, she got, she's been out there. She's been working it. Nobody's seen the movie. Nobody knows the song. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what movie is it for, honestly? Four Good Days. But Mila Kunis and Glenn Close. Oh, that movie. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that um, movie. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ari Reg- Wagner, second woman ever nominated for cinematography. Probably the first to win. Probably the first to win. I'm, so, I'm starting to believe that now. Like, I, th- I always thought she was number two at minimum, but like now I'm like, I'm saying that Denny snub like rippled through the ethers. I was like, oh my God. Like, I was like, okay, June's going to lose a couple of stuff now. Um, Flea, getting all three. How many do you think it wins? Probably zero. I mean, like, I, I think its best shot is documentary, which is funny because I, I, so ha- I thought that was the hardest thing for it to get in. Yeah, and I now, think it I think was. And now it's its best shot of winning. <laughs> it's got to, you know, get over Summer of Soul. I mean, listen, there is something set to be said about, like, you being in all three categories, like, do they really just keep passing you up? Like, I just feel like they right. like, you know, want to give it something. Yeah. Now, now that sucks. That really could spread across the, the board. But we don't know, like, exactly which one. I think Neon has to almost even make a decision for themselves of, like, what do we want to win? Because it can't win. I, it definitely can't win animation, I feel like. Like, that's Encanto or Mitchell's. Yeah. You don't look convinced, Janelle. Who, me? Yeah, we normally no. Sorry, this is past my bedtime. We normally do this uh, (laughs) at a much earlier hour, and so with 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 the sun setting, I'm just in you know zone mode. Also, I had to do a bunch of voiceover earlier today, and so I might be a little talked out. Are you You doing your own? I had to do the happy version, and then the they they (laughs) called it what did they call it? The Peter Coyote educational version. That's very factual, and then I had to do the slow version. I was happy to see Attica get in the documentary feature. I love Attica. That is First of all, Stanley so. Nelson, man, finally getting his love. Like, I was really happy about that. And I think that's a, I think that's a sleeper of a winner in that category. And it's the documentary branch, so you just yeah. you don't know, right? Like, which way? Yeah. Well, well, now okay. it's open to everyone, so now it's about, like, seeing what happens there. And uh, Billie Eilish, after, after um, her, became the youngest winner – and nominee last year, and Billie Eilish was like, let me just take that, and I'll be the youngest nominee ever. Yeah. And what's amazing is Billie Eilish recorded that song 14 years ago. Really? Because that's when the film was supposed to come out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I was when, like she when she was, was like two? six? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, I don't, you know, it's weird. I don't know if that song is going to do it. I think Encanto might do it. I even think so, it, too, and then I'm going to be mad because yeah. they're going to say, we chose the right song. Even though it's not Bruno, I kind of don't think it's, anyone it's, cares. It's going to get the uh, the Bruno push. Like, ironically, like, I, you know what they, they should do when they perform that song on the Oscars? They got to throw in a couple of verses of... We don't talk about. They would be stupid not to. They would be so dumb. Suddenly, like they switch out and like they throw a little bit in, and then they go back to the song. You know, that's exactly what they're going to do. They have to. I still can't believe they're missing the opportunity to open the show with "So May We Start," 
and Sparks. I know. Oh my I mean, I, I had a feeling near the end it was not going to make the cut. But that had a concert the day before nominations, and too. And last yeah. night as well. Yeah, oh, wow. I saw a lot of people go. It was at the Disney. It looked amazing. It was, yeah, yeah. They could Sparks. still do it that way. I mean, it'd be brilliant, but... I mean, you yeah. mean invite them anyway? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Just invite them. Have them playing. But, um, yeah, well, also, Lynn would get his EGOT. He would complete the yeah. O if he wins, so... He has a story. Uh, so let, let me ask. I think this is a good place to, because uh, Janelle brought it up. So what is your top two in Best Picture, Janelle Riley? Power. I think Power of the Dog. So we think. Do you think Netflix does it? They finally I do, do it. I do, and I, I'm surprised there hasn't been more. Maybe they're just like gun shy because <laughs> it hasn't happened over the last few years. And I really think Coda and Belfast are neck and neck. You think Coda's two, Belfast three? Can we say two? They're sharing two point five. <laughs> you know, I hate ties. <laughs> yeah. um, can, can I say? I think the best thing that ever happened to Netflix, and this is going to be really weird, was Tick Tick Boom not getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, Do you I know why? About that too. Yeah. yeah, because because the headlines were Power of the Dog leads with twelve, and not Netflix gets three Best Picture nominees first time since nineteen seventy six. And I, th- I I think it was the best thing that ever happened to them. First of all, when TikTok got editing, I was like, oh, there it is. TikTok's in, in picture now because I said I needed another category for it. And then it still came up short with no Belfast. Shocker, too. Oh, and edit, yeah, yeah, I wrote about yeah. that yesterday, actually, because, you know, it used to be such a thing that you couldn't win Best Picture without at least an editing nom. I mean, it's, but, still, it's still kind of a thing. Do you know well, the last two Best Pictures? It was Birdman, most recently. Yeah. Um, the one for that? Well, I know there's nine others and started with It Happened One Night. Mm-hmm. So, and the other one was, it's been quite a long time, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Ordinary People, 1980. Really? Yeah. Wow. But I mean, that, it does, you know, we talk about how like these things can't happen because math. There, it, there's pre- and there's precedent, yeah. you know, yeah. there's precedent. And a preferential ballot, like, helps. Like, t- like Birdman, if, Bird, if, it was a, if it wasn't a preferential ballot, Birdman may not have won. Like, may not. Well, Birdman was also an anomaly because people thought there wasn't editing. Because <laughs> it was like one shot. And, then, and, that's yeah, what's, yeah. And, and that's what's missed recently, like 1917 missed yeah. because it was like a one shot thing, you know. So that branch does. Um, it's most editing. It's most editing. <laughs> and, I th- and I think we put too much stock into the runtime of Belfast and not that they like they do like longer movies and they like most editing. Yeah. A.K.A. the girl with the dragon tattoo. In that case, maybe we can get Hank Corwin his long overdue Oscar win. I think that I, I think that. I think he's number I think he's number two in that category. Really? Over who? Joe Walker. No. I think Joe Walker. Yeah, I think Dune yeah. would do it. Really interesting. Well, I really want it for Joe Walker, like really bad. Like I really want it for him. Arrival and Twelve Years a Slave. Like I just really want it for him. I yeah. remember where I thought Hank would win. He won the BAFTA for Vice, and then he lost the Oscar. To Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that year. Yeah. Bohemian am, Rhapsody nearly swept that year. It went four for five. And I am not like a Bohemian Rhapsody hater, but the editing? Come actually, on. Actually, I, I think because of the because of um the live aid. Well, yeah. I, that that that's why yeah. I give it to it. Like I But yeah, there are whole, I, I'm not I'm not a hater either of yeah. Bohemian. I actually think it's fine. But it, like Live Aid was so greatly edited. That I think people disregard everything else about it. <laughs> there were a lot of theories on that, too, that, like, you know, they felt bad for this editor who had to come and basically fix this movie. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, he undoubtedly did the best he He's could. He's a great fixer. Yeah. Hank Cohen for editing. Arthur yeah. Joe Walker. All right. I, I, want, I want to hear Jazz's top three. My top three, um, I still have Belfast at number one with uh, Power of the Dog at two. And then I have Coda at three. Coda, Janelle's been saying it for the longest time, but Coda is loved. Like, I feel like... Even now, like people are still going out there watching it now, especially with the nominations. They're so happy after this. My friend watched it yesterday. She goes, I guess I have to watch Coda now. Then she sent me a picture of her crying. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, A lot of people watched it yesterday. Yeah. I got a lot yes, of those texts right? too. And did you see Joni so, Mitchell's tweet? Yes. Oh. oh. When Joni Mitchell endorses, you know, your movie. Joni Mitchell's a hero these days. I'm loving me some Joni <laughs> Mitchell yeah. these days. Joni Mitchell never lies, lies, lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, can I ask you, Janelle? Uh, or both of you. I don't know why I'm just asking Janelle. Um, actually, Mike, do you think Troy Kotzer wins? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think he's winning. You think I he's do. winning? Yeah. yeah. I think I think if he wins SAG, I think he's definitely going to I think his it. biggest competition is Cody Smith-McPhee and with that Jesse Plemons split. Yeah, I actually think Kieran Hines is a spoiler because I think well, if Troy wins SAG, I think Kieran Hines is winning BAFTA. I think you're probably and, right. Yeah, and that if that happens, sense. and if that happens, then I think Troy is going to win the Oscar. Look again, I'm talking from a place if I just really want this to happen. So maybe I'm not yeah. looking at it logically, but like again, people love that movie and they love Troy, and he's been slaying it on social media. Oh my God! Yes, that mm-hmm. him watch him SAG nomination was was the infectious. The yeah. when he fell out of his yeah, shit. That's what I meant to say. That yeah, was brilliant. Oh my gosh! But you know, because Cody's always been like you know, and I think Cody's great, but he's gonna be the second youngest ever. I just feel like they don't do that. You know, they like. He's so – well, they do in Jane Campion films. They gave it to Anna Paquin. Oh, that is true. <laughs> but Cody, oh my God! I didn't even pick up. Yeah. Who was also the second youngest? Why Cody did I put that together? So good, and it would be so appropriate for him to just sort of quietly sneak in there at the end <laughs> that I could see it happening. As he's, he a very tall, he's a very tall kid, and I don't he like is. Him. He is. As a kid, he's 25, but <laughs> he's very, very tall. Look, I, uh, there's a part of me that thinks Jesse Plemons can win. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Like, who do that doesn't love don't, don't Jesse Plemons? Do don't play with his heart. And he stop does it. have the best moment in the movie, and he does. I think our and mutual opinion. Yeah. Mike, the last the last thing to go out with. How many of the best picture nominees have you seen? So uh, I've seen a, I've seen a couple. I, I won't say which ones, but I do have a prediction. Um, this may be controversial, but I think like, and I don't know exactly how this would happen. I think through an envelope screw up, somehow, in the end, when they announce best picture, it will be coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> Because of that makeup and hairstyling nomination, Again, so, somehow yes. <laughs> things mix up, and then suddenly they're they're announcing coming to America, best picture. Uh, put put the money on it now. I, I will say, that. by the way, okay. Ru- Ruthie Carter, I still love you forever. And I know, yes, right? Wesley Snipes was brilliant in Coming to America. Who that is two movies in a row with Wesley Snipes outdoing Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Wesley Snipes needs his moment. I'm ready for it. <laughs> But that's it, Mike. Nothing's happening for the next seven <laughs> weeks. We're done. That's yeah. it. No more. We just twiddle our thumbs for the next seven yeah, weeks. Yeah, just hang out. We yeah. Do this. Sounds great. Well, um, I guess go Rams. <laughs> oh, is something wait, what, happening this weekend? Wait, wait, wait what's happening Sunday? What? Well, we're getting a lot of cool movie trailers. Yes. Are this we? Is true. Yes. They're going to air them during the Super Bowl, yeah. Do we know which ones? 
Is Nope one of them? I believe Are so. We? I believe so. But I'm, I'm ready for Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, Mike, because you live sort of close to downtown? Yeah. Right? Like, sort of? Like, is it just anarchy by your house? No. Like, are you not leaving after today? <laughs> I know. I'm batting down the hatches, as they say. Yeah. It's, uh, by the way, it's going to be a warm weekend, too. So, I don't know. This Now now we've turned into just weather and uh, <laughs> traffic. Tra- tra- traffic and weather on the fives right here. 82, uh, 82 degrees on Sunday. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Such cliches. Welcome to LA. There's a SIG alert on the 405 right now. Um, what is a SIG alert? What is that? It's I've just never... there's there's a massive accident that has shut down traffic. Okay. So. Oh, that's a real word? I, th- I thought you were just like saying stuff right now. No, no. Like, I always hear the term SIG alert, it's but a SIG oh, alert. I have no yeah. idea what it means. But I also don't watch news on in like local news in, in uh, L.A. My car got broken into yesterday, though. But oh, you're in an but, Angelino. But, but 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 he didn't even he he didn't steal anything. He just left uh, the ashes from his cigarette that was in his mouth. So what did he break <laughs> in? Just I he was looking for like I guess money. Oh, there's nothing worth taking. There's nothing worth taking. <laughs> you know that happened so to me cool. one time. My car got broken into, and all I had was a Mandy Patinkin CD, and they just left it there, and it felt like such an oh, a burn. That's Mandy's slight. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. that's awful. That's uh, thief had bad taste. It's like, oh, this is a journalist. He's got nothing to take. So <laughs> yeah, just take In fact, my I should give him money. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Here's here's. I had the next episode of After Party in there. Good. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> Phil Lord, Chris Miller. Love you forever. And that show. Any yep. word on the host, by the way, Michael Schneider? No, Clayton and I were just talking about it. As as of taping time, it is still a big, big question mark. The nine cast members of After Party are right there. But how much fun were Tracy Ellis Ross and Leslie Jordan though together? Did you know? No, I, I didn't I, think it was. Yeah, I thought I Leslie. Like listen, I love Leslie Jordan. I love him. That both. was a very. That was a very random. Oh, yeah, I love Tracy Ellis Ross. He was a very random choice for an announcer. Like Will and Grace was like decades ago. I don't well, think regular it's currently people know on who, Call Me Cat. I don't think a lot of. I don't think regular people know who. He, like regular, I would say regular people. Like my my <laughs> wife. I don't. She didn't know who he was. <laughs> and she loved Will and Grace. And the and the comeback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a big, it's a big comeback now. <laughs> Guys, all right, me and Mike are hosting the Oscars. That's all right. There, there we're we breaking go. it here. All right, cool. Yeah. That's it here. So we'll, we'll see you there uh, at the, uh, I was going to say the Kodak, because I'm just going to age myself. <laughs> <laughs> I still call it the Kodak, and I've never been there. <laughs> all right, gang. See you next week. Bye. Bye. After the break, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, executive producers Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino. From Los Angeles, this is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. It's the Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. When we last left the marvelous Mrs. Maisel at the end of season three, Midge, played by Rachel Brosnahan, goes too far in her set at the Apollo Theater, leading Shy Baldwin to kick her off his international tour right as they're about to fly out of New York. 
Now she's taking stock of her career, and as season four begins, she's telling her manager Susie, played by Alex Borstein, that she wants more. Can we talk business? Of course. So, past is behind us. Shy who? One less what? Fuck him. Moving forward, we need a game plan. Agreed. Here she is, boys! You know what's great about me? Your humility? No, it's when I'm me. Here she is, world! No more opening act gigs. What? I will only do gigs where I can say what I want. That's what Lenny would do. <laughs> That's different. He's Lenny Bruce. Well, then make me Lenny Bruce. Make me a headliner. How am I supposed to do that if I can't even book you? I don't know. You're my manager. Manage me. That's not how the business works. Then let's change the business. Ready or not, here comes Mama. Now it appears that Midge's commitment to her craft is about to cause a greater rift between her and the family and friends around her. Season 4 includes a Gilmore Girls reunion between the Paladinos and Kelly Bishop and Milo Ventimiglia, who guest star this season, as do John Waters and Jason Alexander. I recently spoke with Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino about having to adjust to shooting Maisel during COVID, which was not easy and it wasn't cheap. But it also allowed them to keep their characters closer to their vests, allowing for more interesting interactions. They also discuss Amazon's decision to spread the show's release out over four weeks this year. And of course, I asked them about the future of the comedy. We begin by discussing the fact that the marvelous Mrs. Maisel hasn't had a new episode since December 2019. It's been so long, we don't remember what the season was about. Like, people are asking us, we're like... Jesus, I think there's, I think they're still Jewish. I mean, like literally, we, <laughs> we really, it's been a long time, so long. Um, tell me what that break was like. I mean, what's the past year and a half been in, in terms of you know you had a lot of time to sort of you know rethink where things were going, sort of plan it out, write the show. Regret, yeah. regrets, we've had a few. At the at, at the top at the top of the pandemic, we were about to go into pre-production, so we were fortunate enough that we had not written a lot of stuff that we had to throw out. Yeah. So we just went down, and then we came back up when we thought it was safe enough. We think it's like now we look back and think we went up in production with no vaccine, two hundred crew members, hundred background almost every day. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, we it, it seems nuts back then, but. But we never got shut down for COVID. We're one of the few that didn't. Amazon tested us every day. They were very generous with their COVID budget, which kept us all safe. And that was really, really important. Yeah, we literally just walked around with several things up our noses. They could just yank out at any time because yeah. there was so much testing. We always kept, yeah, five swabs there in every nose. There's no point in opening new swabs up. Just shove yeah. like 10 up in the morning and then, you know, they can yank out through the day. And then we and then we did the season. We had planned to, before everything hit we had planned to travel somewhere and we were in nascent story talks about that but then when we we the one thing we thought was foolish was let's not get on a plane and travel to different city different country we may not be able to do that we may not want to do that so we may not come home (laughs) so we we stayed in new york and we just really drilled down into new york city again um not literally we didn't drill down in new york city but but we but we shot all over our beloved new york city where we live and it was um it was it was really it was really uh, it was a fantastic experience we were able to go on location in places that really needed us like we we always need them but they like really needed us there were art venues that 
were just so excited to be getting some income. And we were very, very excited to be able to support them during the time when they had to shut their doors to audience for a year and a half. So we got to spread the, the money around our beloved New York City and, and a lot of arts institutions needed that. So it was it was a fraught and panicked year for everybody as it was for everybody in the world. But it was also, you know, we were. But we liked being here. You know, we're, we, we're New Yorkers and we we didn't leave ever. Uh, a, a half of Brooklyn left. Uh, all the all the lights were out. Um, we're very lonely with our pan at seven o'clock, banging it. But um, we we liked being here, and we liked being a part of of watching the city start to come back. That was that was kind of great. Um, and also, it was just you know we we were we were very fortunate because it wasn't a new show. We had already been together three years. And there was a, a deep bond, more than three years, because a lot of our crew was with us through the pilot. So, you know, four years, we were uh, we were quite um, attached to each other um, and quite protective of each other. So there was less of a sense of anger or fear or and more of a sense of, hey, Rachel can't put a mask on because it'll screw up her wig. So no one can get sick around Rachel. <laughs> it was like a, a lot of like. We got to keep Rachel going. And uh, that was a very, it was sort of a united front that it was sort of us against the world. And that was, that was, uh, that was a comfort in kind of a, like a really shitty time. That's great. And I, I love like you're using that Amazon money for good sort of. Yeah, man. So, so See, it can happen. All those swabs, where are they going to come from? And I, I will say Amazon, boy, that they, they really, they, you know, we were very lucky because we never shut down um, for COVID and and all of our friends who were on other shows were saying to us, you're, you're just going to shut down, like just just accept it. It's going to happen. You're going to shut down. It happens. It didn't happen to us. And, and a, a, a great reason is because uh, Amazon really invested in keeping us safe. So for, for whatever else is going on in the world, they 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 kept they kept uh, Rachel from getting sick and on our watch. Um, Dan, Dan, you you mentioned that uh, you guys were considering going overseas or or, or taking the show uh, out somewhere. Can, can you talk about it all? What sort of the, the things that we didn't see? What were some of those early thoughts on on where the show might go before COVID sort of changed the the direction of the season? Yeah, I mean, to hell, no, um, but not come back. No, I mean, we we were talking about like Los Angeles, which would kind of make sense which for is to hell. Yeah. that's what I said. Oh, oh harsh. I know, I know. That's where we're from. So we're born and raised. Yeah, we, we did our time. Van Nuys. I know, I know. Yeah, we 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 know L.A. Um, but um, yeah, we yeah we were thinking like they could take a Los Angeles trip. We were looking into like Santa Monica Beach and recreating Muscle Beach and doing we were, all those things. We were also thinking of a British music, yeah. music hall comedy. Yeah, impossible theater to explore. And then a possible London, which would have been interesting if the if the Tell if the yeah you know. yeah like you know recreate Beyond the Fringe. We we had all these thoughts, but it was the one. It, it was just that that that's that's uh that's. That's now it's in the past as of now. It's just it's still not it's still not really that was younger a safe us. Time. the younger 
freer. We were surprised when Succession said they were going to Italy, but you know they they basically bought out like a whole I think, town yeah, I think they, and sequestered they, they and down cooked down. everything. Yeah, a, a lot of these bubbles. Like I, I'm so intrigued by White Lotus and and what they're doing and basically just taking over hotels yeah. and, and yeah. Doing productions there. That's that's one way to do it. But um, yes. hey, in, in a way, you you guys sort of were ahead of the trend in, in sort of you know forcing Midge to like you know not get on that plane, so she she wasn't traveling. At the yeah, end of exactly. Yeah, we saw it exactly. coming. We did uh-huh. see it coming. I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, no, no one else has no one else has they noticed that. They don't. They don't point that out at all. Right. Right. So Our you know, education skills. Um, so, so speaking of end of season three, you, we we talked about how that was a while ago. So, kind of re- refresh our memory where you left things in, in terms of Midge being thrown off the tour and and really sort of having to now pick up the pieces of of you know that and kind of start anew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in it, like a, a a Midge from a previous season, if this had happened to her, she may have thought about quitting. It's a frustrating experience, but. We felt that at this point in her in her journey to hopefully stardom, that she would that she would that she would basically double down. She would get angry off of this experience. Yeah, it was time for her to learn about the true driving force in the creative process, which is anger and revenge. It's yeah. the mm-hmm. only reason that there is Hollywood or show business. It's we all want to get back at somebody and make them pay. So we felt like it's time, it's time for her to learn. So after, you know, thinking that she um, was doing really great and on tour with Shy Baldwin and that they were really close friends and and they had a meaningful, you know, they were pals. Uh, And then she she screwed up at the Apollo and got nervous and uh, her mouth said things that her brain should have censored first, but they didn't, and it got her into trouble. And she feels she feels a little betrayed now. And and also, it, I think she's a little more aware because Midge sort of got swept up into comedy. You know, it happened when her husband dumped her, and she got drunk and got up on stage, and and everything with her is sort of it, it's almost like she's been sort of so open to any experience that she's sort of been swept along by circumstance, and it's. It's sort of the first time that I think she's taking a step back and saying, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way this time. I'm going to plan it and I'm going to do things exactly the way I want to do it. I'm not just going to leave things to chance. And that's and that's sort of our theme of her of, of her going forward in this in the season that we don't remember because we shot it 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you opened the season basically with with her saying revenge. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're sort of uh, you know, laying it out. And, and obviously her expectations and now where she wants to go, uh, you know, brings her in conflict with with Susie. And mm-hmm. and and I'm sure that'll continue to be an interesting relationship to watch, uh, you know, as, as Susie has to deal with this uh, as long as uh, as well as her own issues and her own fa- failings uh, yes. at, at the same time. Yes. And but the, the, I mean, the one thing that Susie does know about is anger and, and uh, revenge, because that, that, she's 90 percent anger and like, yeah. you know, 10 percent locks. So it's just like it's it's a lot of uh, it, it is a lot of uh, the two of them sort of being put uh, now it into a, a position where uh, Midge is going to be a little less. Uh, she can pay a little more attention. To the details where she didn't do that as much before and 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 for good or for bad susie is going to have to deal with that yeah um 
I know I know you guys don't love spoilers, so I'm being very careful in in kind of talking about what what happens in early season four. But what do you want people to know? What what sort of uh, you know lay lay sort of the groundwork for for what people should be ready for or should be thinking about as they jump into season four? Well, Kendall is going to go no, after no, his that's, father. That's not, that's not our show. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's that's. I'm sorry. I get it. Like, but the, the crossover I mean, with the, the, the a young Logan Roy, it's uh... yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. He he was he was an aspiring folk singer yeah, when he was that's in his. People don't know. Twenty. They're going to find that out. Um, I think that you know. I think people should. You know, the wonderful thing that came out this year is uh, our our cast is much more in each other's faces. Uh, they're not split apart because they didn't travel. So their their journeys are much more intertwined. Um, and I think that that is going to, it's going to be fun. It's going to feel uh, a little bit more like you can't get away from anybody because they're right there in your face. Uh, I think that it's, uh, we, we had Rachel do a lot of standup, which, uh, I am sorry, Rachel. I will send you some flowers. A lot of stand-up. Um, and we we really just sort of honed in now on, on people who have been blown apart because of, of her circumstances, each really trying to forge a path forward in, in their own way and yet remain tied to her. So it's 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 a it's a it's a thing, and I think there were clothes involved. Did they wear clothes? They wore clothes this year. Most okay. most of the time, there were some clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> it's not the NC seventeen. Uh, oh, no um, season, but yeah. um, yeah, and 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 you mentioned like you know a lot of sort of everyone sort of starting anew. Uh, you know, of course, I'm intrigued by the Abe storyline of of him yeah. really kind of digging into working at the Voice and yeah. and. That whole world. I do love the fact that when he gets that first paycheck, being a journalist myself, I know uh, uh-huh. you know those, those paychecks aren't always that big necessarily. No. So it's, no. it's an adjustment. And you would think for something something that is as important as journalism can be, there might be a you know it might it might cover lunch at least, but sometimes sometimes it does not. Um, right. We we dig a lot into the themes of of art versus commerce this year too. So it's it's. It's it was a fun chance to do that. Uh, well, speaking of commerce, I mean, one of the the hallmarks of of Maisel is just like the production design and just the the attention, the detail that you all put into the show year after year uh, with the period. You, you really want it to be as authentic as possible. I know that's not cheap to do. Now, doing all that. And then add COVID on top of that. How kind of walk me through just the process of pulling that off and the 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 additional sort of work that had to go into pulling that off this season. You, you, you mean like literally taking down an outside restaurant shed and then having to build it up three days later? There's that. Well, you know, we one of the things that happens when you don't travel uh is you have to build more sets and we we already were a show with a lot of big standing sets the apartment and the club and but but since we especially weren't quite sure how flexible uh the the city was going to be like how many places were going to allow a crew to shoot you know how many uh clubs would be open to us you know we had to build uh, quite a few monumental sets this year. Um, Bill Groom, who's our production designer, 
who we call Harry Potter because there's literally it's wizardry. I don't not quite sure how he does it. He he he's built some stuff this year that is just it's literally not to be believed. It's it's astonishingly beautiful. And because it's not just that he had to build um, sets that were usable and look good. But since, again, we weren't sure how much we could go into other places, you know, we needed them to be big enough that they could have walk because we're, we're not a cutty show. We walk and we talk and we move and we had to have the, uh, the places to do that and go upstairs and downstairs and, and through hallways and, you know, into different rooms and have different people yelling at each other from different spaces all without cutting. And he, he just, he really, I think people are going to be very, um, surprised and impressed and kind of blown away with what, what he did this year. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty spectacular, I will say. And it was, it was really cheap. No, it was not cheap. (laughs) Again, Amazon, um, God love them for the swabs, but also for the fact that I think that all they did was get up in the morning and cry for an hour um, and then go about their business and cry at lunch and then cry at the end of the night, but they didn't stop us. So Thank you. It was it was it was important not, that they didn't stop us. Um, well, I mean, a- Amazon's always been pretty. I mean, they're they're look they're producing Lord of the Rings right now, which God knows that that thing is uh, you know that that's not being done on the cheap. So so and and I know in the past uh, the two of you have said you know they've they've been really good with with the budget. You guys, um, you know, definitely uh, don't skimp. So it it sounds like that's continued, but maybe even more so. It was just, it was really just a matter of if if you're building these big sets, it costs money, you know, and also, you know, the, the unforeseen part of COVID lumber is more and copper is more and, you know, anything that was coming from overseas is delayed or you've got to, you know, hire, you know, bigger carrier pigeons or have like guys like SEAL teams smuggling, you know, velvet out of, you know, Belgravia. It's like, it was just a whole, everything was harder. It was harder to get and harder to make happen. And then you put into the, the, the whole mix, the idea that like socially distant. So not, you know, the crew can't just be on top of each other while they're, while they're working. So everybody's sort of spread out a little bit more. It just, everything just basically just cost more. And it was just the nature of the beast. And your, your choices were to not shoot until the, uh, the zombie apocalypse was over, or, you know, you had to head, head into it, you know, eyes wide open. And, and, and the one thing that, that Dan and I always said to Amazon, and it was it was up to them, you know, when they wanted us to shoot and when they didn't want us to shoot, you know, if they had said we can't afford to do it, then, you know, we would still be staring at each other in our living room in Brooklyn and and, and wondering what the weather was like outside. But, you know, it, you know we'd it, be it, asking it, Alexa what the weather is outside. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in a fight with her. I don't want to hear her. <laughs> Alexa, but, don't listen. But we did say the thing that, that we did not buy. Oh my god! <laughs> see, she's so bossy. Um, we did not want people to watch the show and then say, "No, oh, well, you know, it was COVID. Give them a pass. It was COVID." Like, like that. That's what could not happen. People had to watch the show and still feel like it was the show. And if and if that was not possible to pull off, then then we should wait. And that was the discussion that we had with Amazon before we all started up uh, and they, they felt the same way. Like we, we hadn't come this far to then do a show where everyone's locked in an elevator for eight episodes. So we, we, we sucked it up and we bought a lot of booze and there was good 
booze delivery during the COVID. So that was, that helped. And yeah. then we, um, and we, and we forged, uh, and we forged ahead. Um, another big difference uh, this year, obviously, is, is sort of the release pattern of, of how Maisel is coming out. Uh, talk a little bit about that and what the conversation was with Amazon and deciding to piece it out a little bit more this time. Yeah, we, you know, we've been having like really great conversations with Amazon over the years about like, is it is it better to release all eight at the same time or is it better to release them sporadically? And I think, you know, I think the streaming streaming services are young enough that they're still trying to figure out what the best way is. I mean, succession, the conversation about succession goes on week after week after week because they're dropping new episodes and you hear people talking on Monday morning about the new episode of Succession. So um, there's definitely benefits to not to not dropping them all at once. We 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 personally don't think that this show or almost any show should be should be watched in one sitting or two sittings. Or, and so so Amazon suggested this. You know they have a lot of data. They don't. They, you know they're like everyone oh, else. They, they don't necessarily. Data. They don't necessarily oh, share. They love algorithms. Okay. They Love it. Alexa, don't listen to this. But um, but they but they they decided internally, let's try this uh two episodes every week. And that seemed good. It it actually worked for our st- storytelling because we really go hot into episodes seven and eight. So those will those will drop together and they're kind of kissing cousins. So it just it just seemed right for us. And if it uh, you know if it doesn't work out, they'll go back to releasing them all on one day. But we think this is a really great. We think it's it's a it's a great attempt at doing something differently. I just don't think anybody should sit that long without going to the bathroom. Like I just feel like it's very unhealthy, and that our shows are dense. There a lot happens. It just doesn't. I don't know. It's not a show I would ever recommend. Like sit down and watch all the shows in one sitting. It, it's. I just don't think you're also going to have the best experience. I think that you're going to miss stuff. Your brain is eventually going to tune out and 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 the and the and the whiskey will kick in and you will have forgotten what, what, what who's Midge. So I just right. I just I really, you know, I I we, you know, we grew up at a time where where you had the Sopranos that came out on Sunday nights and it, for that hour on Sunday night, you hope that no one you care about comes down with anything that need they need to be driven to the hospital for because you are not going to drive them. You are not going to pick up the phone and you're not going to help anyone. You are going to stay glued to the television set. And that sort of fandom and that sort of special feeling about a show, I just don't know that you can actually develop that same sort of obsession feeling about a show that you get all at once. It's it's sort of like you eat the box of candy and then and then you just spend the rest of the month thinking about how fat you are. <laughs> and then you have to wait a, a year and a half for another box. Exactly. And, and that's, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's a different world from when you really got to develop a relationship with, say, oh, I don't know, the Gilmore Girls on a weekly basis. Oh, day. that um, old darn. <laughs> I mean, it is great. It is great to have TV at your disposal after it's aired. I mean, that's Yes, really that's great. And like, that's why, you know, we still get brand new fans of Gilmore Girls coming up to us because they keep rediscovering them on, on Netflix. And, and that, they weren't born when the show was initially on yeah. and now they're alive. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it, it's great. It's great having the episodes archived and ready for anyone to watch them at any time. That's that to me is a is a fantastic thing because shows like Gilmore Girls wouldn't have had this afterlife without 
Netflix having picked it up without it having, without just being available for people to watch DVDs. I love DVDs, but DVDs are very, you have to, you have to get up, you have to push a button, you have to put a disc in. For the kids out there, tell them what a DVD is. A DVD Mm -hmm. is a little disc, like a CD. What's a CD? A CD is Tell the kids what a CD is. Well, we'll stop there. But but the kids love vinyl and and look, you're- Basil yeah. is straight in the sweet spot. So that's great. It's great that they're just that they're, that they're discovering the love of vinyl. We'll get back that's to amazing. seventy-eight RPM records. One song right. every song. with the little <laughs> in the middle and the and the, oh. the Victrola. Oh my God! Well, speak, speaking speaking of Gilmore Girls, I mean, here's the segue, of course. Uh, a, a little bit of a visitation from some uh, some old friends this season. Right. Uh, t- talk a little bit about that and in, in bringing in Kelly and bringing in Milo. Um, well, we, you know, we, we've, these are people that we will be in love with for our entire lives. And we were so fortunate to share the, the Gilmore journey with them. And we, you know, I've been very close to Kelly for years and we're very close to Milo and Milo's just been very busy doing some, you know, some other show. Some random show. Yeah. Random thing. I don't know what it was. Um, but we never got a chance to drag him into our web and and like a little window open and we 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 hooked him in and we dragged him out and it was pretty amazing because um there is a milo effect when you have milo on the set everything just seems a little uh more uh, livelier and more colorful and everyone seems a little happier and birds will help you get dressed in the morning and it just he's he's got a He's just a lovely, darling guy, and um, we just enjoy having him around. And Kelly is my girl. She's my girl. And, and after many, many um, drunken lunches, uh, I found out of Jersey to come to come hang with us uh, for a couple of times. And it was great. It was great. Yeah, no, I saw saw you uh, out there when Milo got his uh, star recently on the Walk of Fame. So I know very- he got a star. He got us and it was really funny because he was right by like the love shop or something like it was, <laughs> it was such a great mixture of like fresh and young and and then like old C Hollywood like all in one it was pretty it was, it was like a great I, I, I think Milo bought a wig after that it was so awesome it was pretty great um, was I'm very proud of him and he certainly he certainly deserved it. But uh, yeah, sort of the the this is us connection, having Sterling on and now Milo. So there's there's a little bit of a relationship there too. Very incestuous, this this business we call show. Very much. Yes, indeed. So what what is the the future of more Milo, perhaps? Uh, how how much uh, you know? Uh, uh, we we like a little taste, but how about a scoop? How about a uh, you know more of uh, Milo in the future? Scoop of Milo. You can't. It's a new Ben and Jerry's flavor. Scoop of Milo. More Milo. You just can't. You just can't count count that out. Um. We. You know. We. 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 We love our people and we we will we will scoop him as much as we can as he can be scooped. Yeah. We used him in a very <laughs> we used him in a very unique, non-traditional way, I'll tell you that much. And it's a really fun sequence and he's and he's he's great in it. So uh, the the uh, you know the the ongoing question of where do we stand now in terms of the the, the life frame of of Maisel and uh, you know where do we go from here? I know you've you've mapped out the, the the plan for for a while, right? So so where kind of where do things stand in terms of the the the, the future of the show? It you know we 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 re- we rethink it every year. You know I think you know we're, we're we. 
we, you know, you never want to overstay your welcome. You don't want to stop short. You want to tell the full, you want to tell the full story. Um, less than 10 seasons, I can guarantee you. Uh, but um, yeah, we, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely discussing it and, and, uh, and, and we're, we're, we're all kind of in the loop together trying to figure out like what's, what's, what's the best, when, how do you, do you stick that landing? Yeah. Yeah. So feel kind of like you're midway through. Bonanza really stuck that landing. Oh, yeah. season Bonanza stuck a lot of landings. It, there it, were many it landings. Made the previous 35 uh, years Absolutely. Of, of shows like really make sense when they stuck that 845th episode. Yes. Right. That was one. I remember that one. That's the gold standard. That's the one where the horse threw a shoe. Yeah. He threw yeah. a shoe. And it hit Haas. Yeah. yeah Haas. Right. So four, uh, four, four seasons <laughs> down, 32 to go. We literally have no answers for you, except that we're 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 old, and and at some point we just have to lie down and and let it and let it, let it wash over us. Well, my but I I do want to see this uh, in in sort of maybe an upcoming season. Maybe maybe this happens in season four. You you now have access to a certain uh, a, a Amazon space uh, outfit that. Uh, you know, potentially Maisel in space. I mean, it's, it coincides with the space race going on. Uh, I you know, can't think of anything I would like to do less than be shot into space in a tiny capsule <laughs> at this moment. I, I look at that, nothing with horror and just mystery. That is a mystery to me. That, that Do people is, not see gravity? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I think that space is, is wonderful and I love NASA and yay, for uh tang but uh i'm out i'm out <laughs> well you gotta ask rachel if she can like carry her iphone and, and maybe just go up and, and shoot something yeah. like in, in full costume it. and makeup she'll do that time. she's a gamer she is a gamer i'd love to see it i'd love to see it um <laughs> anything else that uh y- you want folks to know before uh, they they dive in and, and sit down for for a delicious season four meal of Maisel? Oh wow! I don't know. What, uh, remember the last episode? Watch that. Maybe rewatch that last episode. We're going to because we, we don't yeah, remember. We got to watch the whole season yeah. to figure out what the hell yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, you do pick up sort of immediately, which is pretty amazing considering the 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 long sort of period of time. But uh, yeah. it's sort of you dive right back in. So for for people who. Uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea to rewatch uh, the end of season three, and and you jump right into season four, and and just jump from there. The uh, the by the way, early on, uh, uh, and again, not too many spoilers, but I just think the what you guys did is so much fun with the Wonder Wheel scene <laughs> and the give and take there, and I got that must have been really interesting to shoot. Like I, I'm trying to figure out like, as I was watching it, like figuring out how you were doing that, but I just love the 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 give and take, and it was it was classic like. Amy and Dan, by the way, too, just the 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 dialogue and just everything. It was sort of a nice, fun way to get back into this season. It was really fun. It was it was one of those sequences that we had literally no idea if it was going to work until after all that was shot and it was put together. It was one of those things where, like, there were so many discussions about how to shoot it and the angles and the this and the that and then days of people screaming at each other for hours on end. Yeah. It was just like it was just like, and then is it going to work? I don't know. So, um, so I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it because, uh, it was, it was one of those like, well, let's just, we're here. (laughs) Let's see if it's going to happen. 
Right, right. The funnel cake is delicious. Isn't the funnel cake delicious? Uh, yeah. And by the way, the funnel cake was delicious, just so you know. <laughs> it looked good. On that note, grab a funnel cake. Yeah. And, and, and uh, return to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel coming back to Amazon Prime. Dan and Amy, great to talk to you. Great. Great to talk to you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino, executive producers of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which returns to Amazon Prime Video for season four on February 18, with two episodes dropping every Friday for four weeks. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.